On today's show, we're calling to order the very first and maybe last meeting of the Hot Old Husbands Club. We welcome Sean's husband, Sean, and Rebecca's husband, Terry. We talk about how their jobs differ from ours, their reactions to our career changes, and what they've learned being married to creatives. And believe it or not, we didn't have to do too much editing to make them sound nice. (laughs) Let's go. Rebecca of Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers. Turned internet friends. Turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot. Or that young. Every week we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, Sean. How's it going? It, you know, we are moving. Things are happening just as things are starting to shut down again here in Southern California. So, yeah, it feels a little bit like we were starting to get some momentum of new normalcy and it all kind of is screeching to a halt. But, you know, not as worst. Beyonce says, um, it's got me feeling deja vu. <laughs> I know. Is this going to be called like second quarantine? Yes. Kind and like I think a Hobbit second breakfast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sure. Not um, as delicious. Yeah. I think this is a perfect reason for us to do uh, fizzle and sizzle. Yeah. Okay. So my, I'm going to do a sizzle fizzle. <laughs> okay. So my sizzle was I have a client that I think I might've mentioned in another episode that they purchased their second home in the Tahoe mountain area, which is amazing. I got to spend 48 glorious hours alone in a mountain cabin with my computer and nobody else. It was amazing. A dream. But during that time I had a fizzle Um, It turned out okay, spoiler alert, but I had a client delivery of a sofa and a few big pieces of furniture. I normally wouldn't be gone for an install, but this client had waited an extra long time because their project had gotten so delayed with COVID, so I didn't want them to have to wait another week, so I trusted, I totally trust my receiver and delivery people, so... They delivered it, and I get this frantic call from the client, and the husband's yelling at me that the sectional isn't right, and they're refusing it. This is a very large piece of semi-custom furniture, so the mm-hmm. price point was fairly high, which of course, for them, like, of course, they need it to be correct. They thought it was backwards, like it was ordered in reverse. I was just losing my mind I mean I was so sick I thought I was gonna throw up frantically like looking at paperwork and you're at the top of sketches. a mountain not even at your office yeah barely having service I found like original sketches that we did when we made the order with the company and 
turns out they were just looking at the sectional incorrectly when it's in pieces they are confusing to look at so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh my god it's all fine but I was like holy shit like if I have to eat this I don't even know broke for a while after that yeah but it all turned out great I saw it today did they eat crow well. on that did they apologize for freaking out yes uh-huh that's good they did. I appreciate they that. Are very, they, I mean, they are very nice people. <laughs> just like, I think there was just a lot of emotion and buildup. And a lot of money spent on it. So they're like, oh, oh finally yeah. it's here. And oh my God, it's wrong. And so they're like processing all of that. But I always think it's like a sign of how who people really are when they, if they will walk back from something where they're like, oh my God, I'm sorry, I overreacted. It is right. It looks great. We're really happy. It's just reassuring to hear that. Yes. I mean, ultimately, I just want them to be happy, and they are. But Right. I mean, there's just, I have so much guilt around these projects that have gotten delayed with COVID, like, even though I know it's not my fault. You can't internalize that responsibility. Like it- I know, but people are, like, they were already waiting 12 weeks, and I think it added six to eight. Like, I mean, that's a long time. It's just... I mean, what, are they sitting on cardboard boxes? Like, don't they have something to sit on? Or, I don't know. Okay, well, we'll be talking about... I know, I'm not very Captain Boohoo for some of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be learning from the master in future episodes, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I promise I have empathy. It's just not... It's it's much shorter when there's a globalized pandemic going on. So I mean, it's true I, it's not my fault I just can't like you did a great job to... you got them a beautiful piece of furniture yep and it's there yeah how about so you? yours that was your combined fizzle and sizzle like happening concurrently to one another it all kind of happened at the same time yep yeah well mine are a little bit separated but my my fizzle is um we did like a lot of people and we planted a raised bed garden um, and it's small. Like we started, we bought a kit that has two four foot by four foot raised beds and they can be separated from another or put, you know, together with a wall between them, a little like build up anyway. So we thought, okay, we're going to be smart. We're going to plant a four by four one first, see what we can keep alive. If this is too much for us, it won't be devastating. And then we'll plan on planting the second one later. Because it, it if, if we have not had a make food garden, like a Corona garden, the way most people have been doing. So we decided. Yeah. And we thought, okay, well, let's start with the first one. Well, this is why you have to communicate in your family about who's taking care of stuff. It turns out that we had like some hot, some really, I mean, everywhere is starting to have some really hot weather, but it turns out that it was probably the four by four one that had some like eggplants and squash and tomatoes and like lettuces and stuff like that. So it turns out that everybody was watering it like more than oh. once a day. We legit drowned the plants. most of them look like they're going to die except the ones that were like very hardy and like have a significant root ball left, but others were like drowned to death and probably won't make it dropped all their leaves. It, it will be lucky if we get anything from them. 
So lesson learned, we will probably not be getting a lot of tomatoes and eggplants. We got a few squash off of it before it got really bad, but um, only wah, one wah. farmer in the family needs to. It, it just needs to be very clear of like this garden was last watered at 8 a.m. today or like, oh like you need one of those little bathroom signs that everyone can kind of like, like last, last person to clean it, it. Mm-hmm. yeah we kind of need to know because it was so hot and so I'm super appreciative that be, you know we're here we're paying attention my dad was even like oh it looks like it's wilting well it turns out it wasn't wilting because it was thirsty it was wilting because it was drowning so we'll keep that in mind the good news is southern California we don't have frost sometimes ever at all so we do have a chance to plant a fall garden in this like coming up this week into the next month is still an ideal time to plant a sort of second wave because we'll be having a really warm autumn yeah you mean your second quarantine garden yeah quarantine (laughs) garden part two the sequel the remix whatever it's coming (laughs) next so um that's the fizzle the sizzle um i'm still kind of riding high on it because it's a little bit of a dream and like a feather in my cap is that the the master bedroom one room challenge um for my house got featured in rue magazine in the in the online which is still to me the same and i'm happy to have that they have a print they do have a print quarterly oh Oh, i didn't realize um but I was really stoked about well, that because huge. I, I really like the stuff that they put out. I, I like the way that their editorials are set up. Um, and, you know, there's like certain mile markers that you want to get to as a designer and certain publications are on my list that I, and that was one of them. So I'm really proud of it. I'm of course really happy that I actually get to live in that space. Um, so that was exciting. That is very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank us. And it's really for like our own credibility and happiness more than it is uh, a way to get in front of uh, another client necessarily. So I'm just happy to have it as a feather in my own cap, even if it doesn't create another phone call or an inquiry. I'm still happy that it's there. I will though, like throw a caveat that local press does convert. Correct. Yeah. You got to get in front of your target audience and that it was just, who knows, maybe it'll have another life somewhere else. But for now, I'm, uh, no, I'm exhausted amazing. just after one pitch. So I, know. <laughs> I still need to do that. So having said that, I'm glad we did our fizzles and sizzles and I'm really stoked to have the hot old husbands on. Yes, we've been wanting to do this. This was one of our original ideas, and we finally got them to commit to a time. Yep. Okay, well, let's get into our episode this week and hear what the hot old husbands have to say. Let's do it. Wow. (laughs) Welcome to the club. Welcome. Welcome, hot old husbands. Excited to be here. Can't wait. Okay, so why don't you guys introduce yourselves so people can know whose voice is whose? Well, I'm Sean Foster, and my husband is Sean Serha. You got it. I'm Terry, and my wife is Rebecca. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Welcome, guys. Um, 
Terry just found out we had a podcast about five minutes ago, so this should be good. <laughs> he just joined our broadcast already in progress. We in the room it. and realized something was going on, and here I am sitting down now. There you go. Sometimes wow. it's better without a whole lot of warning to just rope him in. Just kind of go with the flow. Absolutely. Story of my life. <laughs> we get the unscripted reality of not knowing what's happening next. And to be quite honest, um, Rebecca and I half the time don't know what's happening next. Yeah, and I also operate pretty um, consistently on the asking for forgiveness and not permission. So that's kind of my life philosophy. Yeah, and I'm going to be starting that soon too. Oh, what is that supposed to mean? You know. Like midlife crisis? Sort of, oh, yeah. Great. Corvette delivery. Oh, there's a new car on the horizon. <laughs> there you go, Corvette. <laughs> Don't right. get Sean started. I've been threatening my midlife He's... crisis car for a decade. Why are we doing this episode? Why <laughs> We should tell the listeners why we thought that this would the be a good... The spouses are interested too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should tell them why we wanted to do this. I thought it would be an interesting exercise because... I tend to have a lot of projects going on around the house. And I would say Terry is a reluctant participant. Yeah, that's a fair statement. (laughs) John, how would you rate my participation? It takes you a while to get like on the on-ramp, but once you're there, it's like, well, we're already here and there's not another exit for a while. So we might as well keep going, so. And if we both like take turns driving, we'll get there faster. (laughs) I never get to drive. I mean, not if it's a design-related project. It's mostly me. You got to paint the windows last time. I'm glaring at <laughs> that's you. A, that's a sore <laughs> subject. The listeners can't hear the, how hot those daggers were I, coming out I of I kind of felt it yeah. from 500 miles away. <laughs> um, yeah, so the kind of, I guess, irony in all of it is that the pro- the projects we do around our house are also what Sean and I do for our jobs. And get a lot of enjoyment out of. So we just thought maybe having a conversation with our less excited spouses about it might be interesting. I think, and also for listeners, I don't know that anybody necessarily talks about what it's like, particularly like both Rebecca and I having gone through transitions in careers where we had previous established careers and then moving into design. I don't know that that's a perspective that's shared very much from the side of how it impacts the rest of the family and everything that goes into that. And I think that's a perspective that Rebecca and I have both had, but it be, it's good to lean a little bit into what that looked like for you guys. And we have some questions about that. And I know there are other designers who are out there who are working design on the side or they're like weekend hustling doing it or they aren't sure how to lean further into it. And so maybe this serves as a way for them to start conversations with their family or their spouses if if that's something that they're interested in too. Yeah, there's a sliding scale of enthusiasm that I think there's just like the bare minimum that has to be there to make it happen. Not everyone has to be like a design duo at home. Yeah, we don't have to be like Chip and Joanna Gaines HGTV show host type of environment. I mean, it just, for me, my career went a very different direction. I wouldn't want to change that. I just want to be a part of supporting you and being along for the I'm going on a wild ride. It is a wild ride. It's Mr. Toad's wild ride over here. There's explosions and (laughs) TNT somewhere. 
Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of swerving on that road. <laughs> well, it's really fun though. We should lean into that. The the fun part of your job? Yeah. Yeah, no, when it's all when it's all done and, and completed, it, it looks good. Okay. And I'm appreciative of what uh, of what has happened usually. All right. Well we have some questions specifically. Do you I'm think so there's ready. a fun part, Sean? I so the biggest realization for me happened last fall after the one room challenge. I, we had a laundry room. It had a washer and a dryer, a place to hang things, place to store things. It was the room I hated the most in the house. And then Sean shares with me that we're going to redo it. It's like, okay, I get it. I know why we're doing this. I'm along for the ride. And then when I had a counter to fold things on. We had nowhere to put stuff down before. Like, I mean, it's a beautiful space, and I could see that, and I could envision that, but I never understood how having a designed, thoughtful, planned room would change the way I used it, and just having it function better. I mean, I've been doing laundry since 9 o'clock this morning, and it's now 3 in the afternoon, and I still have four more loads to go. And he's still not awful to be around yet. (laughs) <laughs> that room functioning changed the way I live my life in this house. Yeah. It's, it's one okay. less pain point. It's, it's just one it's, less thing to get bothered by or upset about now in right. the house. Right. And it's like the magic of soapstone makes your t-shirts fold up crisper and everything looks better. <laughs> you can sell that along with ketchup and popsicles. What? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay, that, that we could scratch. It was supposed to be white gloves and ketchup popsicles. What? <laughs> is that like a Is that a southernism? Of course it is. <laughs> By the way, my Sean, my husband, is originally from Atlanta and grew up in Atlanta. And there are a fair number of southernisms that might come out that make no sense. So they I'm sorry. Sense in my head. That sorry, Terry. I'm my sorry. It's okay. No, I've never heard that one. <laughs> you could ketchup sell and white popsicles. gloves and ketchup popsicles. Oh, wow. okay. Huh. You can not, tell a, not a winning combo. You could no. The the real way it's Got supposed it. to go is you could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman wearing white gloves. Oh, got it. That sounds okay. Very now we're full southern. circle on it. Yeah, there that's a southern thing. But yeah. It, All right. Well, nobody it. said you needed to do comedy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sean. Oh yes. What do you like best about being married to a designer? That's a lot of dead air for our <laughs> listeners, buddy. You're gonna have to splice this one together. We're gonna have to. Chop I thought that maybe one up. I thought maybe Zoom froze for a second. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I think for me, it's having a room that works, and I, I just I'll share it again. But that the laundry room, I we had a room. I thought it functioned. It had the washer. It had the dryer. It had hanging. It had storage. It was big, and I thought it was fine. And now we have a design space. So the thing that I, I love the most about living with a designer is when that space is done and it functions really well, I get to enjoy that. And I get something more out of it. I think about you know the, the mountain home that we had. We redesigned that kitchen. We redesigned the kitchen at our condo. And all of those spaces were really clunky and awkward before. And after putting energy into, you know, how much space do we have? Where do we want things? Do, do I add this or take this away? And the space 
you use it and you live in it and it works. And then you can think about how bad it was before. And now for the rest of my life, I get to enjoy this wonderful space until Sean thinks it needs to be a different color. And we change the whole thing. <laughs> and that that's a real risk. Uh, that's a peril of having a designer in your life. What? Okay, so that adds to then, what's the worst part about being married to a designer? The... Shortly after we moved into our condo together, we had a carpet that I had brought with me from my apartment. Oh, it was awful. It was awful. <laughs> he, he hated it. And that was the first of five carpets over a two and a half year period in that room. So <laughs> for me, <laughs> we're on chandelier number four in our dining room. And That's we've been true. in the house for less than four years. So, But what's the problem? Why were they all, why, all, why didn't they all work? They didn't all work because I had too many opinions and I didn't give in fast enough. So now <laughs> when I when I try to veto something, I have I have learned it's like a Pavlovian experience that if I want something, I better want it really bad and I better be fully committed. Otherwise I say, that looks great, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Terry has a really great strategy around this that um, he developed early on that maybe he can share. I'm talking about my circle? Mm -hmm. So if you kind of hold your hands up into a circle, there's certain okay. things that fall within that circle that I care about. And frequently, oh. yeah, I'll do the circle and I'll point to whatever Becky is talking about as that being really outside like, of the circle. Uh, <laughs> indicating that I I just don't care. Which okay. I really you just let her choose? Because he doesn't care. It's not if, in the circle. Yeah, if it's not something I really care about, then I, I'd rather not be bothered with it. Which I really appreciate. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's out of my circle. I don't care. Do whatever you want to do. Now, yeah. if she does something weird and it gets into my circle where I, I care, then I'll, I'll express an opinion. But you only yeah. care about the TV, the couch, and the refrigerator and pillows. And, the, and access to his closet in the new bedroom. Yeah, I mean, it's like function <laughs> seems to be like job one, which a good designer builds function into what they do. Yeah, no, she, she's pretty correct. I mean, I, I want to be comfortable when I sleep or when I sit and I watch TV. But like, I didn't or ask pillows. you. I, I, this, this thing with pillows, I just. Stupid. I, I may lose. We have way too many pillows. We literally have we're we're doing pillows. really well with just the one pillow on the bed in the newly re, like redone bedroom. It's actually been going one decorative back to things I didn't really think, well designed. Yeah, I didn't think that I would like it. I'm I usually am on school more pillows and it's it's working really well. So but we that, you're talking about decorative pillows only and we have two. It's not like Whoa, 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 wait a minute. We have two decorative pillows in that in room. Bed, in that room. In our bed. Okay, we have, we have four pillows that we use to sleep on, and then we have yeah. this this long what's that body pillow, whatever that's called. Uh, yeah, the hundred percent Belgian linen down body pillow. Yeah, yeah, it's we, outside of the circle that. that it's Belgian linen. It's not. It, yeah, no, I, whatever that is, <laughs> right? <laughs> Corinthian leather. It's the same thing. I don't know. What? It's it's, it's an old reference. Anyway, um, yeah, who needs that pillow except for the dog? And then I got to move it. If I want to get into bed, I got to move it off the bed. I got to find Fair. a spot. You're acting it. like it's a piano or something. No, like but it's, it's, it's got to be moved. It, it's got to be moved. It's got to be right. put back. And then the couch. I, How many pillows do we have on the couch? A lot of pillows, Wait. I bet. 
I have a lot of pillows on our couch. You usually just find a spot where there's not any. And we have another tiny human that moves the moves pillows all over the room. And so I have to put the pillows back. We're going to be losing some pillows soon. Okay. Don't anyway. threaten me about my pillows. <laughs> so Wait, did Terry? Before? Is that the worst part of being married to a designer, Terry? The pillows? The pillows? No, I mean. No, there's th- more. Th- there's more terrible things. Yeah. I, <laughs> piggyback off of Sean, where it's, uh, there, there's always that, that fear of, oh, it looks like this room's done. And then you realize, well, I guess it's not. I guess the color that we've had it isn't good. So, yeah, when you think a room's done and then it just gets kind of redone again. Mm-hmm and then again it's staving off alzheimer's you guys like it's good to change things up it creates new thought processes and new brain patterns and keeps things interesting (laughs) oh i can justify anything i thought the anxiety and the fear created alzheimer's (laughs) (laughs) the constant fear of change is well then what's what's the best part of uh being married to a designer terry the best part is that uh, the house or the room or the project, whatever she's doing at the, at the, at the end looks good. Now, if it were up to me, you know, I'd probably be sitting in an old leather chair and, you know, watching TV with a earth tone rug at my feet. And you bought at Home Depot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. If I, yeah, I bought at Home Depot for less than 60 bucks, but uh, it's nice to come into a space that's, um, not something that I would have envisioned, but yet it, it, it looks great and is functional. Thanks. Sure. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the, the great parts about being married to a designer. Do you, Terry, do you have a favorite project that you guys have done so far out of like in the house? That's, that's kind of hard to say. Uh, the house that we purchased, the current house that we live in uh, was older. So, there were a lot of rooms that just needed to be redone. And um, I guess redoing them in any way was was great. <laughs> the bar was set really low. Anything was an improvement, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anything was an improvement. But, um, and, and not to say that, you know, it doesn't look good, it looks great. But my probably my favorite area is, um, is outside on, on the patio um, or our yeah, back a- deck which was, you know, kind of done in, in a couple different stages. Um, when the weather is decent, you know, when it's not 105 or whatever it is today, when it, it's nice to go out there and just sit. And, um, you know, it's kind of like a little park setting back there. Mm-hmm. It invites yeah, you to sweet. be out there. Yes. That whole area yeah. is pretty cool. And that it connects to the, the deep eaves around your house is like it just further extends other zones that you have coming in and out of the house. I think that's cool. Yeah, it does. It kind of, she's able to bring the whole backyard together as opposed to just being a place where I think you wouldn't necessarily, you might go outside because um, it's nice out, but it wouldn't really draw you out there. Now you kind of want to go out there. Um, yeah. And we like eat out there and then we're like more connected to nature and we like recognize the wildlife back there. It's kind of. Yeah, now nice. you know what kind of birds you have flying around. Totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lots. Yeah. <laughs> We like to make you homes. have a lot of space <laughs> right in our backyard yeah which is great sean do you have a space that's one of your like favorite things that we've done i don't know the laundry does that mean room. none of them are your favorite no, I, the, the, the living room rebecca 
With the half painted wall. No, the laundry room. No. Oh, the laundry. Room. I know you really like that laundry room. But is like there that is that your favorite room. project? Uh, from a, I mean, I, it's it's done. That that's what you mean. That's your favorite because it's done. No, because the bedroom's done now too. The bedroom is done, and I and do, the guest house. The, well, I don't get to enjoy that yet. Yeah, that's true. We're not really out there. So, uh, well, I really love what we did with the cabin and and the magic that that house created. Uh, yeah, that was it. And I that creating a space there was it just it re, it revived you. And yeah. the the home had a this weird um, character, this weird quality that was restorative. And I've never felt something like that. But that home, the way we lived in it, the way we used it, yeah. and the way it was designed, it had old things from the family, it had new things, but it had this it had this ease and comfort. It was very approachable and that was something I would never have envisioned. I mean, if I had put it together myself, I wouldn't have bought the rug at Home Depot. I would have bought at Target, but it would have been $60. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't have bought, I don't know that you would have bought a cabin if I wasn't around. Because the, the background on that is we, when I was still in my banking career, what year are we in when that That was 2013. 2013, we bought it. It was between Christmas and New Year's. It was yeah, we bought a, a, a an A-frame in the mountains down here in Southern California, not far from Lake Arrowhead area. And it was a cool like mid-century A-frame. It's really like we got it in some of the, as close to original, maybe the worst shape it had been in, like nicotine stains all over the frame inside. And like someone had really lived in it for a while. <laughs> and that was a huge project. I think that was like the biggest undertaking we had ever done to do that um we gutted it we gutted it we started over we rebuilt a lot we hosted our wedding there mm. and and then it just didn't it was not going to work out financially for us to be able to keep it when we were moving into our house now the sir hacienda it just as much as we tried to work things around financially to try to do it it just wasn't going to work and it was hard to give it up because it you it bet. just like it was a magical quality to be able to leave our condo, drive up to the mountains on weekends and be completely away from things if we wanted to and start over. So I think part of that is the energy of just being able to actually relax and disconnect, mm -hmm. like something we associate with the house itself beyond just the design of it was also just the energy of being able to relax from stressful jobs and disappear with a couple friends to go up with us or and it's extra probably relaxing to have a vacation home that's still your home so you're not like probably having to pack as much and like you like you know what yeah. to expect when you get there and you just like throw a few things in the bag and hit the road and yep Put the, throw the dogs in the car with you and yeah they have know. their car seats we just drop them in the car seats yeah and, go. and i think that was like the magic of that uh, so many things but yeah being able to only have like a lot of good memories in a house and not mm -hmm. as many like day-to-day -day annoyances mm -hmm. in a place like that that you experience in your like full-time house right so yeah the cabin was a cool that was a cool project maybe one day I'll, we'll get another one okay then terry if money was no object what would be our next dream project in your mind so specific to this house um, I think that's the easiest to reference. Yeah. Um, Unless you have something really creative to say. No. <laughs> no. 
Um, again, I would probably say the backyard. So we redid um, this deck and patio area just off the house. And um, I don't know what people have seen with the rest of our yard, but we have more of a, of a backyard than just the immediate house area. So we have like a, a little creek that, that runs through the property and then a lawn. And then we kind of have this, this separate pool lawn area in the back. And I've sat back there and thought about what, what we could do. Like, you know, I'll just, I'll start to do this. You have? And yeah, yeah, who would have thought, huh? Um, <laughs> and then after you, you, you kind of, it kind of snowballs. You think, well, yeah. we just cut down a couple of these trees and we just call somebody in to do this. And next thing you know, I think we're probably a couple hundred thousand dollars into an, uh, another project. Like easily a hundred grand could get dropped back there. Just on very, pool coping or hardscaping, you could dump a lot of cash real quick. And our backyard is, um, because of the creek and I think the, the way the neighbors are, it would be a, a tough backyard to really access. to access with any kind of heavy equipment. So oh, um, yeah. that would make it much more difficult and labor intensive to, um, to get anything done. But there's so much to do back there and it could be, um, I mean, just an incredible setting back there. If, if we had the, the money and time, the backyard would be great. And then we start yeah. over. And we move. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please. What about, what about yeah, you, Sean? Is there, if, if money was no object, is there a project that you would? Well, sure. I mean, I, Sean mentioned earlier that I come from the South, that I. Oh, no. Where's yeah. <laughs> uh -oh. this going? Uh, no, if money were no object, I would want 50 acres outside of Savannah, Georgia, and I would want to build a vacation home there and just really be able to, to have two different lifestyles that we would be able to share, spend our time here in California and in Savannah and just... I'd be down be with that. Bit. Yeah. I like, we visited Savannah a couple times and one of our last trips we went with a group of friends and it was, it's like this weird, like liberal city plopped down in the middle and it has a huge, like the Savannah College of um, Art and, Design. Art and mm -hmm. Design is there. So it's this very weird college town that's focused on arts, creativity, um, architectural... Um, preservation. Re yeah, preservation and and rehabilitating old buildings and so it's a cool small town type of like southern city with beautiful architecture i'm less interested in spending most seasons in the south because of the humidity well this it's, would be a this would be you, a fall and spring house yeah you go in the summer or the winter you can't go past march and you can't come back until it's shoulder like October. season yeah I'm not going to live with the mosquitoes and the, it's beautiful with the moss and everything from the trees. Yeah, but. I love that. But if you had money was no object, you could have like, Town what do they home. call them? Like the four, or the four season rooms or whatever with the screened in porches and. Yeah. No, I mean. It, it, I'd settle for a townhome, well, yeah, like in the, no, in the bougie part of the city. Yeah, a a, a four-story townhouse on Jones Street would also serve well. <laughs> That's a whole other <laughs> can of worms to, to remodel from a different coast and have to do that. That would be a big undertaking. But so yeah, we'd have no to object. really have, exactly. We'd have to well, have. Well, that's why I said the big house in the country. A really deep pocketbook for that. Okay. So I think one of the things that makes, I'll speak for us, our 
situation, especially me going into a new career, was the fact that Terry has a really stable job. He works for the state. He has a pension coming. It's really reliable, but he's not in a creative field. No, most definitely not creative. (laughs) How how would you say like your day-to-day job differs and I guess like what kind of challenges does that bring for us? Well, I mean, my job is the employment itself is predictable. You know, I go in at a certain time. I've got a certain schedule. I know what I'm going to (laughs) wear every day. It's all kind of picked for me. Uh, um, You know, the the work itself may be be different daily, but um, the employment itself is is predictable. And I, I don't think it presents any obstacles for us. Um, I think. Well, just, I mean, more like um, you have a very non-entrepreneurial type of job. Like you work for the state. Like Yeah. I mean, year, years ago before I, I joined the state, I was presented with an opportunity to start or to, to take over a business. And um, I, I chose instead of having a, a career that where I may make a lot more money, um, I chose a career that would be more stable. So um, I think luckily, going back to my circle reference, a lot of the stuff that, that you do, I, I may not have an opinion on and I'm okay with it. I think that allows, I think it works well with the stability in my job and it allows you to do things that are maybe more creative and things you would like to do that maybe uh, for situations were different, you might not be able to do. Like take care of our child during a global pandemic. And see, there you go. That's a yeah, bonus. We never even thought that would come out of all this or, Yay. or me being able to uh, take care of an ill, like practically dependent parent during a global pandemic. Right. We get the opportunity of being hands-on caregivers. That's just one part of it. <laughs> I know it's it is. Privilege. It's flexibility. It is yeah. a privilege. Uh, I think we've talked about on the pad on the podcast before that Sean works in healthcare, but you can share a little bit more about like what your day to day and how that how that's you know built into the dynamic of like my career. Uh, certainly. So my my career, I. I work in a physician's office. I'm responsible for running the practice. So I have 45 staff that I'm responsible for. I have a physician partner who's responsible for 35 doctors. And the two of us run this business for a larger corporation. Uh, So I'm monitoring budgets. I'm making decisions. We're planning workflow changes. And- Ooh, say more, yeah. (laughs) Talk about spreadsheets. Ooh. I know. <laughs> and, and the creativity that I get to participate in is more around uh, trying to enhance patient experience or it's so different. I, yes, I do get to pick colors and I have had some opportunity to design layouts and yeah. change the way rooms function. Hmm. And I, I, I get to, to do a little bit of that, you know, putting a refrigerator a a mini apartment fridge on the floor for medications isn't a great idea because someone has to bend over 
to check the stock and check the expiration dates. So, you're going to pull these little bottles out yeah. and turn them and look at the expiration so, dates from the oh, down on the yeah. ground. Or... So I've had to fight with prior employers. Let's put that refrigerator like on, up high. on a shelf. Let's put that on a, on the countertop. Well, that costs money. That takes space. Yes. But what about the poor individual for poor 20, nurse who has to crawl down there for 20 every year? <laughs> this person's job is to crawl on the floor to check expiration dates. Why yeah. don't we? I mean, so for me, that it was sounds a, like they need a better commercial designer <laughs> for that hospital space. And that, but that's a different. That is a completely different. <laughs> yes, conversation. that's a different conversation. Uh, but, no, but Sean, just, you kind of like to have a. Um, like you seem like you enjoy the creative process a little bit more than maybe like Terry doesn't I totally do. get a kick I out do. of it. Yeah. I really enjoy You would it. help me with a couple school assignments where I'm like, help me look at this from a different perspective. Cause I will stare at something for hours and then I'll show it to him and he'll have an idea. And it, it may not be the exact solution, but it's just enough to push me over that plateau to keep like, Oh snap, there is another way to do that. I think we've done that three times where I had, there have been some a magic spark. moments where I'm like, oh, shit, that's a good idea. And But I could stare at it for hours and you just get stuck. Well, and you usually have been staring at it for hours when you ask for a second. Usually thing. it's out of desperation. Yeah. I used to do that with <laughs> when I was in graphic design. I would, and if we were working on like a branding or logo for a kind of a brand that maybe was a little bit, I'm not going to say pedestrian, but like a little bit not of exciting. a wider yeah. Well, just like something that maybe he would be part of the audience of, and I would give him my like a few ideas, and I could like if you were in the general public, what would you think of this? Yeah, and I, <laughs> I could tell usually would land on something that I would be like, okay, either so I'm, I'm a part of the masses. Either I'm going to pivot because of that decision, or that's what I was going for. It just I've, I've had a fair number of friends who are in graphic design where they show me stuff they're working on, and I point weird things out I'm like that looks rather phallic and they're like what no and I'm like right there is the shape and they're like no and I'm like nope it's there it's if I noticed it on first play someone else is definitely going to see that all those logos have to go and it might have represented hours I mean days of work that they had done and they're like I never (laughs) saw that till you said it and I'm like well that's why you show other people what you're working on (laughs) The joy of working in a vacuum like we do is that we don't have, well, you had, you did have some staff. I mean, not since we've been in the Corona Chronicles here, but you had some other people and you have other creatives near you. And now we have each other to bounce things off of each other and make sure we're not making decisions and avoid creatively. Right. No, that's been really helpful because you'll like tell me no. Or, or I just say it could go this, and then you got to think about okay, how do I reel back from that? And I think that's helpful in design to like push or pull back things. Um, I have a question. I don't know how much Terry you see of what Rebecca does on like a regular day. What do you think her day looks like from a business perspective, just like on average? Oh wow, um, I, I don't. I mean, there's there's a lot with her business that um that i may not fully get i mean i think there's the design component which i i couldn't um i couldn't obviously do that's something that that i probably don't engage in the conversation because i can't have the conversation with her because it's stuff that i don't really understand or she does stuff that i just um you know i just wouldn't get 
And then with her business, there's the, there's the business or financial aspect, which is um, nothing I've ever had to deal with um, for the most part. You know, I get, yeah. uh, I get a paycheck, you know, every, every so often and I don't <laughs> have to, I don't have to bill or do the accounting part of her job. So there's, and there's, there's a yeah. lot of aspects to her job that are, I think are, are fairly difficult that must be done. Mm-hmm. Um, Lots of parts. Yeah, there's there's a lot of moving parts, and if you and you've got to have them all. You can't um, just do one and not have the other, especially when you're the, the solo person at your business. And yeah. I think sometimes that's like why probably I don't show you as much with this job as I did my last. Is there's so much of like what we do is this abstract like concept, like we're thinking in these dimensions and timelines that are like really hard. I think it's very ambiguous sometimes. Yeah. Like we would fight during the one room challenge because like he would really want to, what were you like going on about last Sean? Do you remember? I was probably complaining to you about it. There was one one thing that was the most important to Terry. I thought it had something to do with the nightstand or, or the outside. Like he wants to close up the outside of the wall and we're not even taking photos of the outside of the wall, but. Oh yeah. It was getting the stucco repaired outside. And when and the electrical, when all the electrical would be running. Oh no, I know. But you had just done the demo, or I mean, that was one. But a better example for this is the curtains. He wanted to take down the old curtains and hang the new one and get the new hardware hung up. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying no because we can't hang anything new until the nightstand goes in place, and then we get the trim in, and then we have to paint, and then we have to wallpaper, hanging. Yeah our pristine fabric drape are the last thing that we do. And they'll get ruined by all that other, or potentially so get ruined. By I know all steps. these other steps and these trades that have to come in and these, this work that has to get done before that final thing that you want in because it's functional right now. No, it wasn't so much the function, but you get these curtains in and then you can put up the molding around and then you can put everything else in. And not to toot my own horn, but if we had done that, we wouldn't have had to pull down molding and redo certain things. Well, why don't you call up the universe and ask them why they sent us a cool level virus that made all the factories shut down and we couldn't get anything delivered. Yeah, there's, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Either or that or but, like, the, yeah. like there are so many factors too with that because you're depending on the trades of, of the manufacturer of the window treatments and depending on the timelines they can get stuff. And then if they make, if they make an error or a mistake, then you need time to fix it. And then it becomes like a Getting the domino right fabric effect. deliver. Like there's so many. Like- yeah, that's what I'm realizing that I think there's a, a construction standpoint where you'd want to get certain things done, but because of vendors or because of timelines or unfortunately because of this coronavirus, um, you can't get that, that object. You can't get that, that micro project done so you got to kind of work around it. Otherwise you're, you're going to be, you're going to be kind of stuck. It's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Timelines, I, I think is what I spend a lot of time with. It's like, I imagine it almost like slide. I, I don't really know how to visualize it the right way, but it's like the slides on an abacus where it's like, oh, if I push these over, well, then I got to push these off mm-hmm. to that side then. And it keeps pushing other things out constantly creating all of these little slides of and things some that of are them are happening. dependent and stuck together and yeah 
And it's just constantly thinking of all those little moving pieces that I think can be the most frustrating and overwhelming part. And I feel like I spend a lot of time on that. I don't know what you think I do all day. I don't think I've ever asked you that. What do you think I do all day? Like, <laughs> I unless I've done it in a sarcastic, what do you think I'm doing all day? Like, well, I can give you the real answer. I can give the one that will keep you <laughs> No, I mean, I know it's not all lattes and pedicures. I, mean, I know there's a lot more to it. God, it's like never that. <laughs> I can't no, tell you the last time I got a coffee. No, I mean, I, you're, you're, I, I see you when we're trying to relax and you're in CAD and you're moving things around and yeah. sometimes you'll ask me for my opinion and not listen to it but then you, you might have my a, prerogative <laughs> but I, I see you working in CAD I see you on websites I see you pulling together your sample boards yeah um, the we have there there's lists everywhere Oh my things God. that have to be done so that you don't forget. And I used to be a project manager. I understand the critical path and how you have to document things. So I see some of what you're doing to organize yourself and how you prepare so that when you do walk into the meeting with the client, that all of that's thought through already. Yeah. You already have all those answers. You have the alternatives. And there's this huge amount of work that, that goes unseen. Yeah. And I know that that's a big part of your day is, and then just thinking, being strategic. Um, my, one of my strength finders strengths is forward thinking strategy. And I'm yeah. always futuristic looking out and coming up with these crazy ideas, how to build Oh, a, oh you got crazy you ideas. Know, all right. 24 column <laughs> plantation house in Savannah that will never get built. And yet I rebuild it in my head all the time. So I, I understand yeah. how a creative person thinks those things through and how you might spend, you know, 20 minutes developing the idea that works, but that you spent four hours running through alternatives that didn't. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's like a lot of our job is all the ideas that don't work. So when someone or a client comes back and says, oh, just curious, why didn't you try that? And you're like, well, that doesn't work because... The space you need for a refrigerator on that wall is this and that, mm -hmm. and you don't have that because of this. And it, but that's the stuff that there well, just doesn't said, come up to the front of the mind. Or like, you said we're not going to pay for saw cutting, and you need to run a gas line over there. Yeah, people just don't want to. Not for a refrigerator. But yeah, we've had to do that in other houses. Like, yeah, sure, we could move your stove onto that wall. It's just you're on a slab foundation. And if we do that, we're going to have to cut your foundation to get a gas line over there. So like, oh, well, that makes sense. It's like, well, it sounds, it makes sense when you had to already go through the process and think about why. Right. So I think that's a lot of our job, yeah, is behind the scenes. That it's all those thought processes and the pros and cons that had to get weighed out in the if then equations and then we finally end up at a really good solution and that's just like the functional side of things which is obviously super important but then like the creative side i mean i think what's different at least for terry and i is i completely enjoy that part so mm -hmm. i mean that's why i think it's great like sean and i have connected and can talk at nauseam about <laughs> what shape an arch is in oh, i could be out immediately i mean he would yeah. not have these conversations we have so. those weird conversations of like is does that feel weird which is like one of those weird uh mm -hmm. designer com of like right 
oh, it looks funny. And you're like, well, what does funny mean? And it's, you either are okay having that conversation about the angle of an, you know, or the radius of an arch or you're not. Yeah. And like kind of developing like the concept sometimes, especially for things like one room challenge where we're really trying to push ourselves and like, wow, something. And we are the client. So we are not so worried about that. You mean Terry's um, not the client? I don't even know if I <laughs> like Terry, did you know what you were getting into design wise for the one room challenge, this last one for your bedroom before it was already started? Yeah. Well, I did present it to you. She presented it and um and I I don't want to say I didn't really care, but she <laughs> you know, she likes it. I, I wanted her to be happy. It's kinda out of the circle. Oh it, yeah pretty far out of the circle but even um, doing the room probably wouldn't have been in the circle in the first place no because no, <laughs> it was completely functional totally functional i had a closet we had a bathroom uh bathroom yeah. had just well it had been redone a couple years before so but yeah it but wasn't that, a top priority but i don't like ask like how do you feel about a pink vanity like i wouldn't or are you cool if the ceiling is painted pink like i've had people ask me like oh my husband would never let you do that i'm like oh i didn't even think to ask i didn't even think to ask but i knew he I wouldn't mean, care i mean I that's she's pretty good about asking me things that uh that i may have an opinion on and like um, if her I gut mean, tells her that it could be something that's going to be a, a a thing you're interested in having like, thoughts on, or a friction point like but yeah i don't like to ask him things that i'm going to get like an dismissive sarcastic response on because then it just annoys me so you don't need to fill you don't need to fill his bandwidth with stuff that he's not interested in. Yeah, I don't need him to tell me like I don't care because then that feels like I try not rude. to say I don't care, but I like to say you know it's up to you whatever you'd like. Well, shit. That's, <laughs> <don't say> that. <laughs> that's how it comes across in my mind. Okay, I don't. But yeah, but we don't argue about it, John. But yeah, you have the. That's why we go through like five rugs because I'm like, oh, he wants this style. How can I make that work? What does it look like? Then we have it, and he's like, this doesn't work. And I'm like, I tried to tell you, but I was trying to give you what you wanted. He's the client. We've had the same carpet for our living room for the last five years. Well, that one can't go anywhere. Like once we got a really great, like rug that was in my family that kind of got not inherited but i'm now the custodian for it even though it's not technically mine it just doesn't fit in any other family member's house and it's an antique rug and now we don't even talk about it because there is no negotiation it that one piece isn't going anywhere and i think everybody's home has those things where you're like this is a thing that we're not getting rid of it's the sacred cow nobody can touch it it has to end up somewhere in the house and you have pieces that you care about and that for us now has been that rug where it's like well whatever else we do now centers around that piece which is a it's it a luxury also has to be like a history it. and yeah yeah it has a family connection for my family so um i know not everyone has like family heirlooms but i know you didn't ask me this but something <laughs> that i something that i have come to accept that's tied to carpets, et cetera, is uh -huh. when I try to compromise too much and I try or make you compromise too much, right? Uh -huh. That I push my agenda, it's not gonna work. Cause you're you're gonna meet me part way and then we're gonna both be equally unhappy, which is every compromise. 
That's what compromise, that's actually my definition of compromise is uh, compromise is when both parties are equally unhappy. So the problem, <laughs> which is very pessimistic, but also, but that is a reality. Is it, is it because, same equal, it's the it equal amount of happiness too, but equal unhappiness also. Right. That you, both party also didn't get empty. their way. Yeah. So but is it because Sean I, will always care more about things like that? No, it's not. I, I can, <laughs> I can care very deeply. Yeah. But those, those sentiments are very expensive. <laughs> I don't know what he's referring so, to specifically, but so I'm very intrigued. The, the dining like, room light? No, but the dining room is the correct room. The dining room carpet is the place mm. where I decided not to push the compromise. Oh. Because I, I was very much opposed to doing a $1,500 carpet in the dining room. And I saw all the alternatives for seven, dollars $800, $600. And I'm thinking, well, the $700 one's kind of crap. And it's not going to last. It's, it's going to fall apart. It doesn't have the right style. And if we pay double and it lasts for 20 years, I just save myself money. Mm -hmm. So when I'm, I, I basically have veto power in the household. Yeah. And that's all I get. If I know he feels really passionately about something... I'm like, all right, I obviously need to go back and readdress this, which is kind of the same way I approach clients. I'm like, if you're telling me you hate this, I'm not trying to sell you something you hate. So right. I'm, I'm not going to make you, make you have, this is your yeah. house. So if you're telling me this is not it, great. I will we'll go and revise. We'll come back with other options. But I do tell clients the same sort of thing that you're mentioning, which is at this price point that you want me to stay at for this piece of the budget, a rug, whatever it might be, it's not going to give you the quality you wanted, or it's not going to be made in the U.S. like you wanted it to be, or whatever it might be. There's a trade-off, and I think you're starting to see where more of that comes into play, where it's like, yeah, I would love to have only spent $500 on a dining room rug, but it's not going to be anything everyone will be happy with for a long period of time. And we just have to pick which one of those things is more important that it lasts longer, that it's better quality and will last longer, or that we have something that's okay for now. And we have plenty of that. I mean, we have an Ikea couch in our, in our den and I'm like, this is definitely not a forever item. <laughs> but it was also a compromise because a regular couch, this, this couch, nothing would fit down our hallway unless it could be assembled in the room. Oh, right. So, so <laughs> that was, that was the biggest thing was we have to be able to assemble it in the room because yeah. I'm not opening a wall to bring in the sofa. One day I'm ripping out these bearing walls. You feel even luckier now, don't you? To no, do I, you I mean, I definitely like work with clients where, I do really try to listen to both points of view, especially like if the husband has really strong opinions. Um, but I can usually tell if the spouse is just having an opinion to have an opinion versus really having like some kind of like deep yeah, feeling sure. like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I do appreciate your honesty that you don't really care and you're not just trying to like butt heads and argue because there's plenty of other things to argue about. <laughs> totally. Probably. <laughs> Ton. I want to ask uh, Terry, how did, how did you respond when Rebecca, I, I, don't, I don't know how it came up between you guys, but how did you respond to the idea of Rebecca changing careers? Well, um, no choice. 
Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, she, she was in a job where she um, helped build a, a company that, um, that she wasn't happy at. So ultimately what it comes down to is, is, is she happy? Um, and she wasn't. So that was kind of the, the, the final decision. I mean, if she's not happy, she can't stay. It doesn't matter, you know, how much money she was making or could be making. Mm -hmm. um, kind of the monetary factor goes away. Um, and it was kind of a weird situation. But ultimately, you know, she can't do a job that she's, that she's unhappy at. And it wasn't just unhappy. She was really unhappy. You just like can't. having panic attacks when I touched the front door of the building going to work. Well, that's right. Yeah, that's, it, yeah, that's it, really that's kind unhappy. Of a sign. Yeah. <laughs> and and when we uh, got married and decided to buy a house, the the whole idea was that um, if for some reason you don't want to work, that we could um, still financially be okay. I, I don't know the. the the idea that I mean, that relieves that she, some of the pressure if that's already been planned for a little bit to do something risky. That was our old house, though. That was our old house. So okay. we had moved into a new house where we were hoping for more money coming in. So it was kind of a shock to to hear her say that she wanted to um, change careers, and I thought, oh, because uh, oh. it was only like a few months after we had moved into this house. So this house was okay. a bit of a stretch, and then that happened. And it wasn't me just like waking up one day ready to make a change. I mean, it was. Yeah, it wasn't just, of, oh, I had a bad it day. Built up. I quit. Yeah. yeah. A lot of drama. Like you saw it, Terry, you saw it evolve over a period of time that it wasn't getting better or getting easier and that the need, the need to change something was coming. Right. Yeah. Ultimately, I knew the change was coming. It was the process as to how the change would be done or what she would do. Um, as a as a uh, another career was kind of unknown. I think she kind of knew which the ballpark what she wanted to do, but specifically how to get there and the time frames involved were were kind of an unknown. But um, ultimately, even if um, you know we couldn't have afforded this house, she can't work at a job where she's she's miserable at. You know that's why she had my ultimately had my support in in a, a career change. Because she's, you know, she's got to be happy. And um, that's one of the reasons I'm such a great husband. Another one, yeah. Just another one. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Put on the list. Check that box. So yeah, it was, it was nerve wracking. <laughs> it still is. You know, she's still kind of, um, still kind of finding exactly, I think, the path that she wants to take with this career. And so there's... I mean, I think fundamentally the difference between us is like... I read the first chapter a long time ago of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Have you read it? No. I only read the first chapter. I'm writing it down. I think it was probably, I think it's a good book. But he talks about a, a continuum of freedom and security. So to move towards freedom, you're moving away from security. And to move mm -hmm. towards security, you're moving away from freedom. And you have, each person has the comfort level of where they live on that uh okay and it's like financial security versus your freedom of your time i guess is how i look at it so he's very much like financial security guy i would throw all that caution to the wind to have freedom in my days and to be able to do things that i want to do so i think that makes so you sense. land somewhere in the middle 
of the continuum well, together like as a merge yeah. unit yeah. yeah for sure he doesn't want to take any risks with finances i want to take minimal risks with finances because you want to retire and just like be done like i don't ever like see retirement as a uh, like i don't really want to yeah i've got a uh a career life expectancy that's that's going to end at a certain point <laughs> i'm going to have okay. to retire yeah and in yeah. terms of retirement like i have to retire <laughs> at a certain age and yours is like it's like baked into the system of yeah. this is what this is what it looks like for for the the state workers so you have a finish line and, and you're like looking at the finish line to me like that does not inspire me or motivate me so like that actually depresses me terry that sounds wonderful she wants to work forever i mean <laughs> yeah and when i say work it might be like having a podcast that we don't get paid any money for and sean and i just chit chat negative. and drink rosé all day like that's work negative <laughs> It's not work. <laughs> yeah, We're I'm just one sponsor just... away from being able to call it work. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for her just continuing to, to work and uh, I'll uh, make sure the pool stays full of water. Yeah, you'll see we got our pool boy after all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, what did you think when I've, I, I don't remember if it was just one conversation or if we led up to it, but can you, what did you think I when remember. I wanted to change careers? Oh, I remember. It was one conversation, October 20th. Picture it. Sicily. What? <laughs> uh, no, I, I was um, I was almost shocked. I really didn't expect it. I knew you weren't happy at work, that it wasn't fulfilling for you anymore. Uh, he had changed roles a couple years earlier, and it, it felt very different for him in the new role. Mm -hmm. And he, he told me that he wanted to go to school and that the end game would be a change in the career. And yeah, I don't really, just to be honest with how I felt about it, I didn't really embrace it until about two years ago. I would agree with that. That I, <laughs> I, I was kind of along for the journey, but I wasn't rowing the boat. Yeah. And I wasn't really being fair to you. It, it, it was really hard for me to accept that change because when we met, you were a conservative banker and well, that's like the role that it was put in was like, I work in the banking industry. And then it was like this sold to picture of like, what life was gonna look like. There but was a I was, path. yeah, but I did not like, I didn't like where that was going. And, and to me, it never felt like the definition of me was to stay working in the finance industry for, you know, 40 more years ahead of that. And just that it didn't feel like me, but I just didn't know what it was until, you know, 2012 going back to school while working full time. And I do remember that being a shocking time for you of like, wait, what? Like, well, and <laughs> you're going to go gone, study what? <laughs> I had just gone through a major career change in, a few months before that. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So there was already like this uh, turmoil and maybe a loss of that, like you're saying, like the continuum of security of like, Oh, shoot, he just went through a really big career shift and a sense of insecurity. And, and then for me to come in shortly thereafter and to only add to that, uh, not like I planned it, but we I definitely had, knew. You I, were unhappy. It couldn't be planned. And you I actually, make a change. I had managers who, you know, and other leaders in the jobs I had working for the bank who were telling me, like, 
this isn't for you. This is not you. This is not like, we, we love having you. You work really hard. You're great to be with in all of these different roles you've had, but like, this is not where you belong. You don't, mm. you don't fit with what you're able to do. It just, there's going to be nowhere here that's ever going to be able to fill all of that. And it took me time. It took me, I was there 13 years before I was like, yep, there's nowhere here that is going to be able to give me everything I need to be happy. You know? Yeah. Cause I think, I mean, I had people telling me like, you don't seem happy. You don't seem happy. And I had just had a baby and thought like, maybe that was it. I had a lot of adjustments happening but I don't know. Sometimes I think when it's big things like that, we're the last to know. Because I didn't want it to be my career. Like, I didn't want to change. I wanted to stay in my old company. Like, I helped build it. Like, you want to hope that's not the answer. <laughs> right. Like, anything but this. Like, give me a pill. Like, what can I take? Like, yeah. that's, that's going to be way too hard. But I don't know. After doing that actually made me realize, that's when I realized I don't ever really plan to retire necessarily. And um, I like the idea of, he's going to kill me, like a fourth act. Like I like the idea of there not being <laughs> limits to what we can do in our lifetime and in our being limited by age. Like I can see myself doing something different in my fifties. Like not maybe a complete shift, but Gird, gird your loins, Terry. Gird your loins. <laughs> he won't care because he'll be retired then. Yeah. <laughs> Everything will be out of my circle. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be. Except the refrigerator and the recliner. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Oh, my God. Has your, Terry, has your perception of designers in general changed over the last couple of years as Rebecca's like grown into what she does? No, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a perception. Like, I. She's making it all up. She's creating the definition for you then. Yeah. I mean, I knew there were designers out there, but I didn't know what any of them did. You know, I didn't, uh, it was never an occupation that I had any, any contact with. So it was just nothing that I, I didn't know anything about that, that industry. You didn't watch Designing Women in the 80s? <laughs> yeah. No, so it was just. Yeah, I, I just I had, I had no experience, no exposure to it, and I, I, I didn't know anything about it, knowingly. See, so. Rebecca, you get to write the whole book. I mean, I basically, like, he kind of was, like, the perfect, like, raw material, because he does really like nice things. Um, so he's not, like, always wanting kind of the lowest cost item. He wants things to be nice. Yeah, I mean, every, like, he had the, like, total typical bachelor brown puffy leather sofa yeah. looks like a big baseball mitt that <laughs> yeah, took but it was really comfortable that took years to work to pry out of his yeah i don't know what happened but there was some hands. kind of weird transition um yeah the, the couch was gone the love seat was gone they've got pictures of my closet where stacks of clothes everything was gone it was just all gone he had all these <laughs> shoes with visible top yeah. stitching it was so bad like i didn't realize that was an issue it was a hard no sean sean would tell people over time how few things that were in our shared home like in the condo together or in the house together he has had since before we were together and he would like keep track of like there's only one thing left in this house that i had before we met and then i'm down to silverware 
one belt. And... <laughs> like a few, a, a statue. I, and that like was a, like 15. One... How long have you guys been together? We've, we've been together years. now 11 years. Okay, so there's not well... much, like between, I don't really count the clothes stuff, but like he would go like, <laughs> oh, that's the sofa is the only thing left that we had when we first moved in. The, and then the sofa went. And then well, he- The sofa was one of the first things to go. Well, but for example, but for, <laughs> at, at this point in the relationship, none of your Ikea furniture is left in the household. But to be fair, very little of what I- started with right. is part of anything either so and it's been replaced three times and yeah it's <laughs> i mean i've We're learned not. a lot as i've grown to into being a designer from starting as a student to now even and i'm sure it will continue to grow but and part of that was like budget restraints like what i right. could afford to do when we first were together in our condo was to is totally different as our careers changed and and we advanced to be able to do other things like but Some there's also the like reality. the willingness, like somebody was um, commenting, I think it was a client on my new master bedroom and they're like, wow, I never would have thought of like painting that bold of a color on the walls. Um, and I'm like, yeah, well, I don't mind repainting it <laughs> again. Yeah. Like I'm not a set it and forget it kind of a person much less designer so like to me it's it's fine if everything's like i don't like to be wasteful with things so if things that come in and out of our house get sold or given to someone that will use it but um, totally i also know like i can be a little bit more risky because it's just paint or whatever or it's just, just a wallpaper You Especially like vintage over. stuff, like it's not, you're not adding to the scrap heap. There's no carbon footprint added to it necessarily. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I try to be responsible. I have a lot of vintage stuff in here. Like, I feel like I've given things new life. Yeah. What are you looking at me? Like, am I one of those things? <laughs> a vintage thing, yeah. Um, Great. Speaking, <laughs> Terry, do you have, do you have your own, uh, like what you would say your design style is? No. I mean, it, it would have been comfort. Um, I, I probably didn't really care what it looked like so much as if it was comfortable, I was okay with it. And, and going back to like the couches I used to have were, were great. You could sit in them. More importantly, you could lay down in them. And yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really have a style. Do you know? No, I, I have even less of a style because I don't, I don't even, you don't, you're not allowed. You just yeah, default. Not, I don't even know what that is anymore. Yeah. It's whatever Becky says it is. Um, and we're all the better for it. Yeah, I guess so. So I, yeah, I can't <laughs> say there's any kind of style that I have at all. That's true. Yeah. I think Love you would, you. Sean, you would be probably living in like a Southern style traditional home. I, I like <laughs> A mixture of modern pieces in a in what would be a classic home, not necessarily full traditional, but more classic. Mm -hmm. But yes, it would have some southern flair. Some flair. <laughs> what is that like? Gingham or like? Oh no! <laughs> like. Well then, like yeah. What does it involve? Well, I just. Uh, 
Baker Furniture is probably the mm. brand that I would lean toward as far as a... It's very traditional. It is traditional. It's more ornate. It's, it's carved. Classic, it's... It's not, it's not me. <laughs> but, and no shade to any listeners who are like, I love Baker Furniture. It's just not, it's like not an my old, design like a, You aesthetic. could get like a cool old Baker sofa that would be like- If you made it like that her. one special piece and yeah, made sure it like felt like it would move with other, th- I feel like that's sort of like- well, my, my parents' home has a lot of- baker pieces that are reproductions from charleston and savannah and they've tried to mix those with some overstuffed furniture that doesn't really oh, doesn't. work and they're, they're not going to listen to this i don't think i but would yeah. love to see please <laughs> oh, if mother listens uh but i would love to see those reproduction pieces mixed with a, a modern couch that's really squared off and has a like a a kind of a bone off white look with some navy blue pillows. I, I oh, you haven't thought about this at all. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We have not I mean, don't even ask him what he would do with the credenza in the parents' Green dining room. Hiking. Like yeah. no, I'm just like I, I mm-hmm. can see I I could see that townhouse on Jones Street with these beautiful reproduction pieces. You see what I'm working with here. Well like modern, a lot of millwork and yeah, I mean, these things have huge amounts of inlay. It's really ornate. They're and beautiful. They're, they're, I, it, and I can appreciate them for what they are. But to balance it off with something more modern and crisp and a really modern color I'm palette. hearing El Decor. That's, and so, <laughs> that, that's what I'm hearing. It feels very, but like, wanted, New York kind of brownstone. like mm-hmm. A little bit. That's, yes. that's uh-huh. what I'm getting. Rich socialite. Has yes. a lot of pieces from family money. That's but like I'm maybe hearing. like some really cool bold art and like yes. pops of right. interesting color. I like mean, throw some citron in the mix. And if money was no object. A giant painting of myself just like Mame had at the top of her Auntie stairs. Mame at the top of the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> You're sweeping stairs. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Don't put it past him. Um, it would happen. I think that's a, a great visual that's, that's to a... leave everyone with. <laughs> I think we need an artist's reproduction of that. Yeah. We could probably make that happen. Um, or just like get someone to Photoshop Sean's face onto the main portrait from the movie. Um, and that I could make that happen too. Spend, One of yeah. us could do that. Yeah, we have enough skill in Photoshop to, to drop them in and put that in the show notes. <laughs> but now I need a wall that can hold it. I don't have a wall for painting. that tall of a painting. It's true. Yeah. Maybe it could be in the courtyard, more of like an El Fresco kind of a. Mm, a relief almost. Like <laughs> we would never see birds in the yard again. <laughs> it's a scarecrow. <laughs> yeah. Great. Oh, man. I'm well, thank you guys for agreeing to this torture that we put you through. Oh, it's a daily thing for me. So. <laughs> daily what? Torture? Yeah. Terrence. Rebecca. The, the, the torture of design. It's not torture all of it's living not all in bad. Beautiful homes. It's terrible. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for um, not being overly annoyed that Sean and I are on Marco Polo five hours a day. <laughs> I just see it as talking to coworkers is the way I look. Like in past office yeah. settings, we were constantly 
comparing notes, talking to each other, collaborating on things, even in a very business environment. For about five hours a day. For about yeah. five hours a day. <laughs> yeah. True. I mean, that's most office settings don't have eight hours of productivity. And I think in our jobs, it's even more evident that to work under that rigid sort of corporate type of structure, just it doesn't work for being creative. So sometimes you need people to talk to, to compare notes with and ask weird questions. And then also to maintain our sanity. I can't just sit in an empty house all day. But your dad's here now. Well, yeah, my dad is here now. Would you love to sit in an empty house again? Yeah, I would. Now I would, if only because my dad has absolutely nothing to add to what I do. And I'm pretty sure he just thinks that I pick out paint colors all day. Um, He has no idea what designers do. He would not even try to understand it. So, maybe we'll interview dads next. That could be interesting. I don't know how much my dad would have to add to the conversation. Your dad has been roped in significantly into the design world. Um, He would definitely have some some uh, battle stories to tell. So, (laughs) thanks, thanks, Terry, for coming on. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Anytime, Sean. It's good to see you, Rebecca. I mean, I met you in January. That feels like a lifetime ago. Doesn't it feel like literally years ago? Yep. Yes. I've, th- I've thought several times about the Joe Exotic phase of quarantine. Feels like, <laughs> like, when did that happen? But that was the beginning. <laughs> that was three years ago already. Like, we're not even talking about Tiger King anymore. Like, oh my God. And we yeah, don't need to, needs but. to like timeline out like the four phases of quarantine. Like, <laughs> I think it's going to be more than four. It's going to be more like the signs of the cross. There's going to be 12 of them. Yeah, there's going to be stations. (laughs) We're going to have the stations of quarantine, and it's going to be like that. I think that maybe that's a, that would be a fun visual to put people through, but um, we'll need to put, we'll need to put together a timeline at some point, because for me, it was, I don't know, like the last major event that I actually was out and got to enjoy was going to market. And then it was like a slow trickle of everything after that starting to drop off and feeling like there couldn't be more plans being yeah. put on the yeah like the month of february the world started out february was like oh this it was is march coming. first because i was on that i was at that conference i came back march 3rd yeah. and that was when like i felt like i was fleeing the, the city from yes. the virus but all of february we were kind of like is this coming? Is it it's coming? Is it's real? like when you see it's when you see the water uh, recede away before, <laughs> before the tsunami. Like we're like, I wonder what that means. Like that's oh, weird that there's jellyfish that flopping on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this gonna be a weird thing? I don't know. And then we were it's like, oh no, quiet. March. And there it is. March first was oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Run! <laughs> yeah. Two weeks later. Two weeks later, we never would have realized, but um, if anything, we got a cool podcast out of it. We did get a cool podcast out of it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Call it a wrap. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Well, thanks, Sean and Terry and Sean. Thank you. Nice meeting you. <laughs> Sean and Sean. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
So don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. Desmond, um, <laughs> did you hear him? I thought that was like a person's voice talking. Yeah, I thought someone it's was like, like, yeah. And <laughs> so I was like, dog Desmond, to Desmond, wants, extra cash. Desmond <laughs> wants you to be able to rent out the pool by the hour and help pay for those renovations. Like, like, bring some extra dogs. I'm telling over. you, he's the shaggy DA. Like he's, <laughs> there's a being in there. <laughs>